here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. Welcome to Shake Them Ropes, episode 151, a special bonus edition talking the breaking news of SmackDown going live starting in the middle of July. We're also going to be joined by David Bixen Span to talk some of the Hulk Hogan versus Gawker coverage, which took another wild turn this week. We're going to be right back with Jeff Hawkins talking this crazy news of SmackDown going live, a possible WWE brand split, a possible WWE draft, and the possible talent that might be involved. So a fun bonus edition of Shake Them Ropes this week. Be sure to check out episode 150 from earlier this week. As we talk the fallout of Extreme Rules, WWE Raw, and dive into John Cena versus Edge. From Unforgiven 2006, you can catch us on Twitter at ShakeThemRopes. And on iTunes, visit the short link bit.ly slash stritunes. That's bit.ly backslash stritunes to catch Shake Them Ropes on iTunes. If you would be so kind, leave a rating and review on iTunes, even if you don't actually subscribe via iTunes. It would greatly help us out if you leave a rating and review so that others can find Shake Them Ropes. We will be right back with Jeff Hawkins. Rob McCarron. Should we begin with the puking or should we begin with the topics that will change the face of WWE forever? Jeff Hawkins. We are not here to talk about Curtis Hughes. You're listening to Shake Them Ropes with Rob McCarron and Jeff Hawkins. Nobody's listening for hockey talk. The worst form of inequality is to try to make unequal things equal. Aristotle. Hey guys, special audio this week. The Jeff Hawkins self-indulgent hoobajoob featuring Rob McCarron. Okay, that kind of makes sense. Hey Rob, we have a, we have a brand split that, that broke today, so we decided to record a little bit of special audio. It is a special edition of Shake Them Ropes. Oh, dear God. I almost you're, sang. I sang a little you're bit You're singing. Oh, I dear sang. Lord. Th- that's gimmick how, infringement. That's uh. how special uh, this episode is. That's right. Gimmick infringement. Because you are the singer. You are yeah. the one with the voice. Oh, yeah. Okay. I am not the one with the voice. You have, but, the, you have the comedic talents. You have the voice. <laughs> but, Rob, welcome to the Jeff, Jeff Hawkins self-indulgent hoobajoob episode yeah. one. I don't know if I would say that. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I think you may have to reconsider. It's not. It's it's the a name? supplemental episode of Shake Them Ropes. Hey, kids. Welcome to Shake Them Ropes, episode 151. We were so high on our celebration of episode 150 that we decided to not let it sit at all until we came out with uh, episode 151. Either that or we are we are uh, desperately in a race to 200 where we end the show completely. Either one. I don't know. Much, much like Brandy Runnels, you have other gigs. You have <laughs> other Pope. You have other... Uh, Pots in the fire. We, yes, we touched on it um, last night. Last night when we recorded uh, Shake Them Ropes episode 150. Uh, it happened while we were finishing up the recording, but Brandy Rhodes, yeah, Brandy, uh, Brandy Rhodes, the wife of Cody Rhodes. Uh, Cody Rhodes, the husband of Brandy Rhodes, I should say, because Brandy's the one who has the gig now. Uh, she left WWE last night. She had uh, moved away, but we have other more pressing issues to discuss on this episode because, as you alluded to, Earlier today on Wednesday, 
WWE announced and Variety reported on that WWE SmackDown is going to go live. It is going to begin broadcasting live on Tuesday nights beginning July 19th. So we're still still a couple of months away before it actually goes live on Tuesdays. But in mentioning this announcement here, they are saying that SmackDown will will basically feature a different cast, a different writing team, a different look, possibly. They are going to differentiate the shows, strongly hinting at the fact that we are now in another era of a brand extension in WWE. And it comes at interesting time, uh, interesting timing, especially when WWE just recently cut over 10 members of the roster. So at a time where they are expanding rosters, they prepared for it by cutting their roster a little bit which uh, many people are taking that NXT will have a great presence. Uh, We may even see more new era stars as they continue this new era push, more NXT names coming up, possibly names that haven't even debuted in NXT. And we got to see where all the cruiserweight classic stuff goes and plays into all of this. Uh, But what were you, uh, what were you thinking, Jeff, when you first heard about the, about the brand split, about the live Tuesday SmackDown, what first popped up into your head? Two things. Number one, I think it's going to fail because I don't see any way. I don't see the instincts changing. I really don't. I I see the same problems and the same ego driven things that doomed the last couple of attempts at brand brand splits. Whoops. (laughs) Brand splits. And the other thing was, man, pay-per-view weekends, Monday or Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. That is a lot of product and it's a lot of product that is filling space because of their now corporate kind of mindset in terms of brand more important than stars. So what is really going to drive quote unquote completists to watch all this product if they, if they also haven't really made stars, what, what would drive. And you would think they would want to use the live SmackDown to make some new stars. But what will drive people watching it is if the show does look different, right? You you have main eventers who are only on SmackDown. So if you want to see certain names, uh, maybe it goes as high as John Cena. Maybe you put Roman Reigns and Randy Orton and guys like that on SmackDown. If you you want to see certain talents, you have to watch SmackDown because that's the only show they're on. That's how the original brand split was driven. You know, with guys like Triple H. And Jeff Jeff Hardy working SmackDown only for a year. Guys like CM Punk being on SmackDown. You know, the the original brand split lasted a long time. Nine and a half months that brand extension went. Uh, So will it it last this long this time? I I take your point that it might fail. Because I worry that Vince McMahon will still go into that mode where Raw is the show that matters. And going into a big pay-per-view like a WrestleMania or like a uh, maybe even a, a SummerSlam, which is coming up just a couple of months after this brand extension, one month after this brand extension, will he want the top stars to be all on Raw leading up to a pay-per-view, essentially already killing before it even begins your brand split? If a, if a guy like Roman Reigns is on SmackDown, if a guy like Randy Orton's on SmackDown, are they going to appear on Raw weekly for a month leading into a pay-per-view while the Raw guys do not appear on SmackDown, making it obvious again that raw is the a show yeah well i mean here's the other thing i i disagree with you slightly even on on what they need to do i think this has to have an entire i mean when when this when the brand split was hot when it was the smackdown six it had an entirely different feel to it it wasn't just a different show with wwe branding on it 
the, the tone of the show was different. The attitude of the show, the presentation was kind of similar. I don't see that happening. And even if you have split production crews, like you have Dunn and, and Vince on Raw, and you have Ryan Ward and Triple H and whoever they want as the heir apparent to Dunn on SmackDown, the same thing's going to happen if SmackDown gets hot. Vince is going to get jealous that all the buzz is surrounding this other brand, and he's going to do things to undercut it. And Kevin Dunn's going to bury it as to why it's not working. And they're going to take the stars that are getting hot on SmackDown and bring them on to the important show and, and do these draft switch ups and, and whatnot. I, you know, I, if they go the same route and it appears they're doing it because they've announced a draft already, which. Yeah, but have they? I thought they did. They have I not. I thought they said there would. They okay. have not officially then, announced then the draft. And that's rumors that are in the zeitgeist. Well, that, right? that's what's strongly being hinted because they talk about in all these press releases that the look of the show will be different and you will see a different cast. So if you're seeing a different cast, one would think that you have a draft to position different talents on different shows or, all, or you know, they always could just do you know, a separation without anyone knowing like certain people appear on SmackDown only certain people appear on raw and they don't really have two rosters. I would assume the way WWE likes to do things. And the fact that we've had drafts before that we will see one, but I guess it's not out of the realm of possibility that they just separate the talents and you figure out who's on which show just based on watching the show. So that's, that's possible. I will, I will kind of push back on one point that you make as far as, you know, Vince McMahon, taking talents from SmackDown. If he sees that brand getting hot, we we've seen Vince tempered a little bit already with the way that NXT has been super hot. And for the most part, Vince McMahon has left NXT alone and has let, you know, triple H bring in talents to work NXT and kept them there. Samoa Joe, Shinsuke Nakamura, Finn Balor. Yes. They call up names every once in a while, but the names that are called up for the most part, aren't usually the hottest acts in NXT. I mean, the Braun Strowman's the Emma's, uh, you know, Dana Brooke right now, he calls up who he wants to call up for his main brand, but leaves the heart and soul of NXT alone that I could see him being tempered on SmackDown, especially when you see him being so outwardly about how this SmackDown and raw move is exciting. You know, if SmackDown succeeds, it really does look good on Vince McMahon too, for making the decision to have the brand split in the first place. So I don't necessarily see SmackDown being so great as something that would make Vince look bad and him wanting to get things moved over to raw. Allow I, me to push back on I, your push. I, and I will allow you in just a moment. Okay. I, I think that with what we've seen with NXT in the last two years gives me more hope that if SmackDown succeeds really well, it'll actually motivate the team on raw to do better. I think what they wanted 10 years ago with the motivation factors between the brands and that, how that didn't seem to really work. I think we're in a position nowadays where that might work a little better. NXT does not have ratings or really revenues at stake to the extent that SmackDown did. And that's the main difference. But NXT it, yeah. is, is, a, is a niche brand on the WWE's already owned network that the hardcores are going to fund anyways. SmackDown is about ratings. And when the ratings started to dip or started to rise for SmackDown and Raw started to dip, that's when changes started to be made because they've already had, I mean, they've tried Cena on SmackDown before and they brought him back to Raw when things started to, to, to go a little bit wonky. I, you know, I, I hope they don't have two world titles. I would much rather you get rid of, you have the one world title 
and you treat them like two different territories, as some have already said. But you have a Raw champion and you have a SmackDown champion. And you, and you keep those two universes entirely separate and you build up to super shows for your big events between the two. And that makes those special events much like the World Series used to be with the National League and the American League. Yeah, as far as John Cena goes, I mean... Across, yeah. John, John Cena was on SmackDown before he was really John Cena. When he took off, he became he was moved over to Raw. And he was, he's been on Raw ever since. So... You know, John Cena that that we know now has always been on Raw, effectively, and never on SmackDown. Tri- they put Triple H, Triple H, obviously a huge star. They put him on SmackDown for a whole year to see uh, what would happen. I don't know if we're going to be that drastic with the main eventers. The one real main event guy that I look to see, like, where is he going to go, is Roman Reigns. Are they going to separate Roman Reigns from John Cena? Are they going to keep both Cena and Reigns on the same Raw show? That's kind of where I look to see how serious they are about any type of brand split is where Roman Reigns goes. On your point about the uh, the solo world champion, I I hope I hope too that they don't do two world champions. You know, obviously there are rumors out there uh, that they would have another brand champion for the SmackDown brand, but I would hope that they would elevate one of the championships they already have. Turn Instead the of, U.S. yeah, turn yeah. the U.S. and the IC belts into the each individual brand championships right, and rename right. them because get rid of the lineage. That's the other pro- problem that's really holding these styles down. Is everybody looks at those fondly, like, man, I miss you know Bret Hart and Mr. Perfect doing intercontinental title battles and whatnot. You know what? Let let's have a clean let's have a clean slate here. My, you know what my real concern is is that once you get past that secondary title feuds, you know the Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn ones that everybody just loves. I don't think the women's division and the tag team divisions are deep enough to split those rosters. And I think you'd have to have all of one of those on each, to be honest. Oh, and you. I would, and I would, that would help that. differentiate. Yeah. But, but I mean, you know, rumors being what they are and things being how they are. I mean, you see how, I mean, they have problems enough building up more than one star at a time. I, I just don't see them being able to fill depth. And I think that what they're going to do is there going to go more talent raids to fill the shows with names? But those names are going to be used as a means to an end, much like AJ Styles. And don't get me wrong. They've done pretty well with AJ Styles. I'm not complaining about how they've treated AJ Styles. But this is AJ Styles' peak, I think, what we just saw. I don't think he's ever going to main it, event a WrestleMania or a SummerSlam or no. a Royal Rumble. And I wouldn't, and I have, I wouldn't have thought that... I wouldn't have thought they, him remain eventing a WrestleMania was ever a possibility. Anyway, what he's actually done right. in the two months has actually surpassed my expectations yes. for what yes. he would do right away. Yes, I agree. And you know what? But I mean, you have. Can, can I be honest here a little bit, Jeff? I'm a little cynical. I, gotta I know be honest. you're being very cynical. I, I think everyone out there listening can tell that you're a little cynical on this. But I also think you are going way too ahead of yourself. And maybe we all are. I've been through two news. of these, Rob. I've I been know, through one with WCW and WWE, and I've I been know. through the actual SmackDown Raw breakup. Tell me what's different. Tell me what they're going to do that's different of any kind and what's different about the product today that makes you hopeful that this idea will work. Because even with three-hour Raws, they're not filling it up with wall-to-wall excitement, and they have a full roster for that. That's true. The three-hour Raws have been... I. I actually fear for Raw more than I fear for SmackDown. I'm hopeful for SmackDown huh. out of all this news. I, I know, fear for Raw I fear, a little bit. I'm I hopeful fear for SmackDown. NXT. I think NXT gets gets decimated. Well, 
and, use and their language. This is a question I actually wrote down. I wanted to ask you, and I wanted to talk about this note. Uh, a, a ton of stuff to really uncover from this news. There's a ton of stuff. A lot of it is speculation because we're not going to know how they do yeah. any of this until July. Needless speculation alert. I don't us. know if it's needless. <laughs> I, I think it's reckless a little bit, and okay. and that's always fun. I love reckless mm-hmm. speculation. Oh, yes. Um, I fear for Raw because they're going to have three hours and now an even uh, less loaded talent roster. Because the talent roster, we talked about this on episode 150 yesterday. I think the talent roster has been crazy good lately. But now you are you are going to split it up and you're going to devalue it a little bit. You're going to, you know, water it up. It's going to be watered down. Watered down, yes. <laughs> water, you wa- well, you water it up. And then oh. when you're, what's left laying is a watered down product. Good save. Yeah, see, exactly, exactly. (laughs) Up, down, what are you going to do? I wanted to ask you and get into this talking point because NXT is a very important thing here. One, there's there's the possibility in my mind that maybe they allow NXT to be a third brand and one, if they do a draft, maybe NXT does draft. And it's no longer developmental as far as the touring NXT brand, mm. but they do all of the indie stars and whatnot on NXT, like an AJ Styles. Because they're teasing already with AJ Styles, like he doesn't know what he's going to do next. To your point about him peaking, the storyline now is where does AJ go from here? There's no place for him. He lost his friends. He lost the title. He kind of, you know, he, he shot his load out of the gate and now he's done. And, and that's an interesting factor into all of this. Uh, I don't believe they'll let NXT be a third drafting uh, choice in this, but that would be an interesting, uh, an interesting way to go if they do allow it. But what's bigger is with NXT TakeOver in Brooklyn, Brooklyn's going to happen in the middle of August. It'll be one month after the brand split. If you have talents coming from NXT, maybe the Samoa Joes, the Finn Balors, and all these guys come up. Is TakeOver Brooklyn going to be the end of the awesome TakeOver era? Probably. I, th- I think a good idea might be to even rebrand SmackDown NXT and then maybe continue that with the show on the network as a kind of a supplemental. It could truly thing. be a developmental show. Like yes. you, if, if you call up all these guys who are great, the Bobby Roods, the Austin Aries, and you put them on a SmackDown or a Raw, what you're left with is a show headlined by the Drifter and No Way Jose. And that is not going to fill up 2,000 seat state, uh, 2,000 seat, you know, arenas or even theaters. In right. these places that NXT is going to. And the so, SmackDown, yeah, the yeah. SmackDown name's toxic to me. It, it means second rate. It does mean me. second. Yep, it does mean second. So what they do with all of these NXT names and what they do with the branding of NXT is absolutely an important factor in all this. Because if they water NXT down to help supplement Raw and SmackDown, NXT truly does go back to being a developmental brand. And you have Triple H out there. I'm hopeful for SmackDown because it's two hours. You're going to see new talent. SmackDown will feel like a new show. It really will feel like a new show to me uh, with the number of talents that they have available to them if they utilize them. Whereas Raw will feel a little bit like a, you know, a watered down three hour show, a three hour show that was already tiring with all the great talent we already had. Now, if we have less of it, it's watered down. I, I wonder if they're going to give Triple H the reins of SmackDown. Maybe Triple H turns SmackDown into what he was turning NXT into using similar talents, using Ryan Ward, the writer of NXT in its glory days, now on SmackDown. If Triple H gets the reins, that even adds to my hope for SmackDown because of what he did with NXT. 
you know, Triple H getting the reins of SmackDown would also make for an interesting. You want more reckless speculation? I want. I want this entire show to be reckless speculate, okay, speculation. Okay, excellent. Political hit theory. <laughs> if, if, let's, if let's if give Roman starts, let's give Roman Reigns the championship, only to add another championship, so it doesn't mean anything. Well, I mean, just just Vince going. Okay, you think NXT is great? Let's give you Reigns for a for a real show, and I'll show you how it's done. <laughs> kind of thing, just to feed Vince's own ego. I mean, that that that's out there. I I just don't ever see SmackDown being as hot as Raw unless you just overhaul the name, overhaul the set, overhaul everything about it. Because otherwise, it's just it's Raw with a different cast of characters. Well, Raw that's will always be I'm the most important one too, because SmackDown comes second. It is. It literally is second in the week. I mean, not everyone is going to watch three hours of Raw well, that's as a precursor of, to the main course of SmackDown. You don't do it that way. That's why I get rid of all the WWE branding to begin with. Don't even say WWE presents SmackDown. Well, you, you can't do that, man. I know. I know. But that's, you know, and but then again, my, my dream would be a Techwood Drive type of show with 200 people and just squash matches and promos. But that's not going to happen either. No, because you're not going to take WWE and what it is now back into the 80s and early 90s. Right, and you're gonna—I mean, you're gonna have more guys hurt. You're gonna have more house shows. That hey, that's another—that's another factor in all this. The touring schedules. I mean, we're going to be back. It looks like to Friday, Saturday, Sunday house shows with Raw on Monday, and then the other group will get Saturday, Sunday, and Monday house shows. The return of Monday night house shows, Jeff. Hmm. And either. certain guys going back and forth between the two two shows, and now you don't have a you don't have a need to put SmackDown in a nearby city like they would when you had Monday tapings and Tuesday tapings and a lot of overlap. You could put one group and one side of the country and work the other side of the country with the other brand, and you're going to end up driving whoever are working both sides of that into the ground more than likely. <laughs> We got Money in the Bank, obviously, is the next pay-per-view. Battleground, interestingly named now, Battleground pay-per-view in Washington, D.C. on July 24th. So the first live SmackDown is happening the go-home week of Battleground. So we very well could see a Raw versus SmackDown type of theme for that Battleground pay-per-view. If you were WWE, would you hold any type of brand separation or draft the week prior to Battleground? Or use the first live SmackDown to finish up your uh, go home for the pay-per-view and then the next week of TV be any type of draft or brand separation. Would you do it before or after Battleground? I'd do it after, but I'd make a stipulation for Battleground. If you're actually going to do a draft, have the winner of the main event get for, you know, backed by whoever's running it, get first pick. Make it a War Games match. Yeah. To fit the Battleground theme, even though they never want to do War Games. But this would this would get things off to a hot start. I'll tell you that much. So more, uh, more speculation of it. Cause that's all you can really do now. We don't know. I, we have nine years of experience in what they did with a brand separation, but I would have to think they learned maybe a little bit from the I things have, that did not go well and maybe adjust. Accordingly. I have 30 years of this. If you count like the UWF NWA merger, I'm not counting any of that. Nope. We're not counting I, anything. I will count all mergers and acquisitions. Not going to count. <laughs> not going to count a single bit of that. At all. Uh, Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar is going to come back. I, 
Do you uh, believe that Brock Lesnar will be assigned to a brand? Will that be a storyline like what they had with Steve Austin, where they each try to sign him? And and that well, that begs the question too: Who's going to be in charge on TV of SmackDown? Because you have Shane and Stephanie. Do they split up and each get a brand? Is that the precipitous uh, or the uh, the uh, prep whatever for this split? Yes, but Brock becomes a special attraction, probably exclusive to Raw, but they never say it because that's the big show. Shane probably gets SmackDown, to be honest with you. I mean, I can't see... Unless unless Stephanie turns babyface for real and joins with Shane to be the new authority on Raw, and then Triple H is the odd man out to be on SmackDown, which is a possibility. I don't see Stephanie going to SmackDown over Raw. I don't see her taking that second no. fiddle necessarily. So it would have to be Shane. Yeah. Maybe they make SmackDown the new era show. Shane gets SmackDown. All the new era I'd guys go there. The, the AJ Styles could run SmackDown. You want to talk about a SmackDown six when you had Edge, Rey Mysterio, Eddie, Kurt Angle, and sure. all those guys. You want to you wanna put AJ Styles basically running SmackDown with guys like Sami Zayn. And, may, and hey, there's another way you can split up Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens for a little bit until an eventual big blow-off match if you wanted to. Put Sami on one show, put Kevin Owens on the other. There, There's a lot of different stuff you can do. This just adds to the excitement level, does it not? I know you're cynical, but at the same <laughs> time, at the same time, you are definitely interested. No, I mean, you gotta, oh, you yeah. got to find out what they do. So this is adding when summer, you know, the post-WrestleMania period sometimes has a lull. The summer definitely has a lull. Then, you know, after Survivor Series, you're like, we're just waiting for the Royal Rumble now. Uh, This whole year has turned out some pretty damn exciting stuff. Exciting to a point. Uh, My cynicism comes out of the basis of them being frightened of -of out-of-the-box thinking. They take risks, but they're very calculated risks. And I think this requires a huge, unsafe, possibly feast or famine type of risk for SmackDown. And I don't see them doing it. I just see them as, well, it's, it's more. And, and to be literal about it, brand extension in terms of marketing stuff. It's, it's a marketing ploy right now to put SmackDown back on Tuesdays live. If nothing really changes and you're getting the same kind of, you know, Dean Ambrose versus Dolph Ziggler type of matches to fill space and, things that don't really matter. And you get, you know, kind of six week storylines where everybody gets 50, 50 booking and you get an occasional belt that doesn't mean anything. And maybe a King of the ring gimmick as comedy to, to help spice up the mid card a bit, but I need a change here to be to for me to be excited as a wrestling fan, not as a sports entertainment fan, as a wrestling fan. And I get it. It's not for me necessarily, but I will still watch and I'll still be excited because I love pro wrestling. And, you know, I, 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 like we said, it's a buffet. You take what you like out of it. I'm going to nitpick the hell out of it because I like logic and sport aspects to my professional wrestling, but I'm still going to watch because I'm still a fan. No matter what I say, no matter how much I criticize, no matter how <laughs> Stockholm syndrome it feels sometimes, especially when you're watching three hours of Raw and it's not very engaging, I'm still going to watch it. This I mean, is, I watch. I'm not gonna watch SmackDown live. There ain't no way in hell I'm doing that. This is the, the uh, this is the most exciting year in WWE history since 2001. Okay, 
most exciting year. I want to go rapid fire on some uh, different topics now leading from this brand split mm-hmm. and the uh, live SmackDown tag teams. Do they split them up or no? They split up Enzo and Cass. That's crazy to me. I think everyone, I, I think a majority of people listening to this are probably thinking that very same thing, but that is absolutely insane. And if they do that, it is insane. You got to keep the tag team division on one show. I think, I think that's the move to I, make. And I, I agree. I, I think you take the tag team division on one show. You have the women's division on one show. Uh, the cruiserweight classic is another interesting piece in this big giant puzzle now, because you have the uh, classic going from July to September. So maybe you put the winner of the Cruiserweight Classic, you give them a Cruiserweight Championship, and that becomes another championship on one of the brands, which I would, again, think would be more likely to be SmackDown. Yes. Uh, So that's a launching point for another new star to be on one of these brands. Uh, So you kind of separate those championships. I would like them to make the Intercontinental title the number one title on SmackDown or the U.S. Championship, whichever one you want to go through. Uh, make one of them the main championships on SmackDown. Keep the world title maybe on both shows. I know it'd be difficult when he's on one show uh, with an actual challenger to go to another show and not really have anything to do. But I, I think you keep the world champion on it, if not one show on both shows, but just keep one world champion. Don't keep two of mm-hmm. them. Don't make John Cena the champion on one brand and Roman Reigns the champion on the other brand. Because then again, you have not only devalued for both of them but one of them will be the secondary champion. Yes. At all times, someone's going to be a secondary champion. And you're not going to think of this guy as, oh, he just won the world title from, from Roman Reigns on SmackDown. Well, that's not the real world title. It doesn't matter. It's a play belt, whatever. And, and that's why I think you need to rebrand both the Intercontinental and the U.S. titles as their respective brand belts. Not, not with the name, just Raw champion, SmackDown champion. And then and world they're, champion. And they're equal and world champion. Yes. Yeah. You do something like that, but... Uh, I, I like them having the divisions on separate shows. Women's on one, tag teams mm-hmm. on one, Intercontinental mm-hmm. on one, the Cruiserweight yes. on one. Uh, yes. Maybe even have, you know, if you want to have an NXT third brand, have the NXT champion defend his belt sometimes on SmackDown TV. Just yes. randomly. You know, on, on Tuesday I, night, the, you know the NXT champion will defend his championship at once yes. every month. Yes, you you make that kind of a special TV title type of thing where the NXT, and you know what, if someone wins on SmackDown, they can go defend it there and and. And and kind of big time the NXT kids and, and be that kind of heel in NXT maybe fa- maybe do like a USWA WWF thing where where you'd be a face in USWA but a heel in WWF I I would love SmackDown to push NXT more push towards that more because on Raw it's been persona non grata for the most part I think that would be an excellent cross promotional idea I just I like the idea. Cause you have a lot of talents under contract. Some that haven't even appeared on TV yet. Some that haven't appeared on TV for a while. Um, I'm hopeful that guys like Cody Rhodes, like Alex Riley, like Damian Sandow, maybe even, maybe even the minis bring Hornswoggle and El Torito back onto TV. I, I like that you have now room for all of these talents to get back on television. The death of this will be, you didn't sell that one bit. Sell what one bit, all of the released guys being released one week too early. Oh, uh, Cody Rhodes asking for his release. If he had only waited three more days. Oh, I don't think it would have, things would have changed for them. Well, he wasn't going (laughs) to be the star quarterback as we alluded to. I mean, I, these roads, Brandy Rhodes and Cody Rhodes, while I like them, you know, Cody Rhodes, you've mentioned is, has acting chops and he seems like a, you know, a fine guy and he seems like he's fun. And I love Cody Rhodes on the JBL and Cole show. 
And mm-hmm. I love Brandy Rhodes when she was doing her backstage stuff on video. You can tell these two had real talent and they weren't getting that same exposure on WWE TV where they could have done something better. But at the same time, I never saw Cody Rhodes as being the guy. No. And and he obviously wanted to be the guy. And it's it's he's on the same boat as CM Punk was a little bit, where CM Punk looked like he could be the guy on a brand. Cody Rhodes probably isn't at that level. But he, like CM Punk, is leaving WWE because he hasn't been given the chance to be the guy. And and maybe the spot could have opened up if there was a brand extension. Maybe. You know, who who would have thought Daniel Bryan would have been becoming the guy? But because of a brand extension, he had a little bit more room to wiggle there and become larger than he was. CM Punk for the same reason. The brand I don't see I don't see more artistic freedom being being given to guys that may not get as much television time. I see more television time, but I don't see the artistic freedom. I don't see anything that would suggest that Cody Rhodes say in the mask, you know, which he turned into something halfway decent. I don't see him shedding that and then finally getting a chance to cut a promo that may elevate him to that next spot. But to go back to my other point real quick, and we can continue with this one, the death of this brand split is if they do a week-to-week on both show McMahon competition angle. Oh, yeah. For the no, love yeah. of God, yeah. get rid of... I mean, Because then no one cares. No one cares about the shows. They care. They don't even care, but they're like, okay, the man, the McMahons are just fighting. Why should we be invested? But, but yeah, but the USA loves the McMahons, and that's my fear. That is my huge, overarching, big-time fear is that this becomes... McMahon's central fear. I'm going to top this. I was watching this and I get to do, you know, all office politics on both shows. And I'm just like, no, no, no. point. Jeff is like, no, I don't want it. I don't want I it to happen. Don't like it. And I won't do it. Who's going to be the SmackDown TV announcer, the ring announcer for SmackDown. Who's it going to be? Is it going to be Jojo? Do they, do they bring up Greg Hamilton from NXT? Um, since Greg Hamilton's better than Dasha, I would say so. Possibly, oh, it uh, won't be. It won't be Dasha. Oh no, she she's she should she make a cut any day now. Um, well, not now. I mean, you need people. You need someone for NXT. You need all. You need the Florida NXT maybe announcer. That, maybe that Andrea girl because she's been doing some ring announcing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, I could see Greg. I think Greg Hamilton's probably a better ring announcer, but I think they they want attractive women more than men. Right. I I just think that I mean JoJo has done it a little bit, so maybe JoJo. Uh, doing that, Mara I think Jojo, Ranallo, Jojo, Jojo will be the exclusive backstage. Okay, yeah. for one of the brands, for probably for SmackDown, and then Renee will be on on Raw. And now we got uh, you know WWE made a a hard push when Mara Ronaldo was signed mm-hmm. uh, that it was a big deal, and now Mara is going to be calling live WWE television. Not, yeah, not this recorded. <laughs> Not this record. I wonder, uh, you know, with Vince McMahon not producing them, with maybe a, a larger focus on on SmackDown for the short term, I wonder if Morrow changes from how he's been doing it the last several months. Well, I mean, there's a possibility that for the first few weeks, because it's important, Vince does get in his ear and he get, does get produced. There's also the the chance that Michael Cole produces him, and that could be that. Well, Cole's the I one mean, who produces him right now. Does he? Yes. I, I know he produces Tom Phillips on NXT. I didn't know he produced Morrow. Yeah, he, he, he's the announcing producer. I'm Michael Cole's more than just the he's the voice of WWE, but he is the okay. one that produces everyone. He produces Corey Graves. He produces everybody. Um, You know, I my problem's never been with Morrow. My, I think Jerry Lawler's terrible. Yeah, I think he's yeah. kind of better now, but he's still it's I, I'd bring up Corey right now. 
Oh, there, there's another question. Which show does Byron Saxton end up on? That's right, because if you're going to have a different look, you can't have Byron Saxton on both shows, right? Right. So he, he stays with Raw. I think they like him on Raw. And you go to a two-man booth on SmackDown unless they want to bring up Corey Graves, because that would certainly make it look different. Jerry Lawler and Corey Graves side-by-side side with Mara Ranallo? No, that would be bad. That would be very, very oh, bad. Oh, I didn't say it would be good. I said it would be different. I think Lawler and, and Graves would be oil and vinegar. Could Lawler go back to Raw? No. Go to the sunset. <laughs> Leave. Wow. Leave my wow. or pre-shows. Exclusively pre-shows. I think so he's harsh. okay with the pre-shows. So harsh on Mr. I Lawler. Just, I've never been a fan of Jerry Lawler's color commentary. So, I really haven't. Put Heyman on one of the shows, for God's sakes. Hey. No, he's got to come back and get the best contract for his client. Heyman and Graves double-teaming Morrow would be something. I fear that you are right, that they will break up Enzo and Cass. Yeah. Make Cass a, uh, a potential big single star. I do worry about that a little bit. I think Maybe. they break up Emma and, and Zach, and I think they break up Lana and Rusev. Well, Emma ain't going to be back anytime soon, so. No. At least they don't have to worry about that so much. Uh, more TV time for Zack Ryder, you're right. I mean, Zack Ryder was on SmackDown uh, this week. So there's there's opportunity there. There's definitely opportunity there. Limited and, opportunity, but some opportunity. Yes. But we are, uh, I, I think, maybe even the biggest side effect of this is right. The, the ever-changing landscape of NXT. And will it be the same indie darling arm of the WWE if some of these indie darling names go to Raw or SmackDown and you're seeing the, uh, the Performance Center people take over? If you're seeing the, uh, the Tino Sabatellis run NXT TV, if you're seeing uh, the No Way Jose's and whatnot. If you are a free agent right now and your phone is on, it's going to be very interesting to see what kind of offers they make these guys. Do they make them the NXT offers? For possible long-term gain? Or do they make them the Glengarry deals? The Glengarry leads? Do they give them the good money to come into NXT and fill that up once they do that? that or even SmackDown or Raw? And not even go to developmental? Well, that's hey. going to be... That's the interesting thing on the free market for me, is, is watching what kind of offer... Do they lowball like they've been doing, like say, with, like, with the hopes of future revenues, like they did with, say, the Bucks and the Briscoes? Or do they do they sweeten the pot a bit here? Which can't be a bad thing, I think. I think negotiating leverage is a good thing for the guys. Yeah, guys like Roderick Strong, guys like Moose, Adam Cole at the end of this year, the Young Bucks at the end of this year, for sure. Uh, yeah. A lot of these guys are going to have even more options based on what WWE is doing. Uh, Moose is a guy. I mean, this, it, Moose is a guy who's going to be in WWE at the end of this year. Uh, if I'm picking one guy who's on the independents, they're... We, we've talked about this before. There aren't a ton of major names. It's not like if Vince is going to go say, okay, go sign the big names that we don't have yet. There aren't any. There, I'll, there, I'll add a supplemental question because there have been guys that have been doing good things elsewhere. Does someone get a second look possibly say if their contracts? Well, if I'm, if I'm doing this brand split and a guy like uh, Ethan Carter or Drew McIntyre are available, absolutely. Bingo. I'm Those are the two back. I'm thinking. If, T, if TNA makes a misstep here, they are dead they are absolutely i mean not that they're not dying already but if, I, if i'm it, if i'm a big name in tna i ain't signing anything until i find out where i stand in wwe i'm not signing and, anything and until with all I the know. new with all the new japan talent right now 
kind of uh, being built up fairly well. I think that's going to be fascinating too to see if they to see if they start investing in foreign talent. Yeah, because I mean, we've seen we've seen them do it already. Zack Saber Jr. is coming in. We got Shinsuke Nakamura currently being a big star in NXT. We have Hideo Itami who's still around. And uh, yeah, the the investment in foreign talent is certainly there. Mm. So check those check those Lucha Underground contracts. Now this guys. is all this is all <laughs> reckless. Speculation, speculation and everything the news is that smackdown is going live on july 19th in worcester mm-hmm. massachusetts worcester, worcester. john and, cena's uh home stomping grounds yeah mm-hmm. but i'm mm-hmm. uh i'm mm-hmm. looking forward to that post we got night of champions coming to indianapolis in september <laughs> nah. big one <laughs> don't water this down with like two tag titles big God, one terrible yeah survivor series team raw versus team smackdown a lot of possibilities a lot of possibilities i would you know i save those two for maybe once maybe wrestlemania becomes a super card where you put the two brands (laughs) against each other but i don't already be i don't yeah i don't think you should do it like three or four times a year like you do it at SummerSlam and survivor series and bragging rights and this and that. I think that I think you do it that once special time, much like the World Series used to be until interleague play ruined the already terrible game of baseball. Wow. Okay, cool. <laughs> and you do it that way. Fun time, July 19th. Chaos. Totally no selling my baseball. Okay. If you're a fan of Shake Them Ropes, you know we've been running down the top 100 matches on WWE Network to watch before you die. It's a list WWE.com put out about a year and a half ago. Well, now WWE Shop has in book form the greatest 100 matches ever. The 100 greatest matches in a hardcover book available at WWE Shop. You can get it right now at VoicesOfWrestling.com slash WWE Shop. If you buy this, if you're buying a couple of shirts, or if you're making any purchase on WWE Shop, go through VoicesOfWrestling.com slash WWE Shop. Any order over $50, you can save $5 by entering promo code WWE Voices 5. That's WWE Voices and the number 5. Enter that code at checkout. You can save $5 off of any order over 50 whether you're getting the new Kevin Owens shirt, the new Shinsuke Nakamura shirts that are out, or anything at WWE Shop. Visit voicesofwrestling.com slash WWE Shop. Promo code WWE Voices 5. David Bixenspan joins me now. David, you are on to talk about all this Hulk Hogan craziness. And... You've been on the show in some of our call-in shows, and I've asked you about this, but there was news this week in the Hulk Hogan-Gawker situation that's been blowing up, and I want you to be able to kind of tell us a little bit about what's going on for those who may not be following, because I've been following it basically through your Twitter feed. That's how I know anything at all. <laughs> uh, so you can follow David on Twitter, at David Bix. He's been following this Hulk Hogan-Gawker story. Uh, who is Peter Thiel, and why should we be... Uh, concentrating on him involved in this uh, Hulk Hogan Gawker case. Okay, in a vacuum, Peter Thiel is one of the co-founders of PayPal. You probably know him best, though, as one of the original investors in Facebook because in the social network, he was a character to a point. I believe he was played by Wallace Langham in that. 
So that that's probably where people would know him from, I would think, more than anything else. But, and, it, but what it looks like is, so it, it's in the news, right, that he is basically bankrolling Hulk Hogan's pursuit against Gawker. Now, why would he be doing this, and what does that exactly mean? Okay, so this goes back to, I guess about, it would actually be 10 years. So in 2007, nine years ago, I believe it was reg, regular Gawker.com because they also they were also covering it on a site they had called Valley Wag, which was covering Silicon Valley stuff, which is now defunct. But also on Gawker, there was an article dealing with the idea that here Thiel is gay and now he's completely out. At the time, he was kind of in, I guess it depends on your view of it. The way I've seen it referred to in a lot of places that he was in kind of that space where everyone knows he's gay, but he doesn't ever acknowledge it publicly. And Gawker had a story about that. And it was not in a haha, we are outing him type of tone. It was in like, why is this an issue? Why would this be an issue in progressive, you know, Northern California and explaining the differences between Silicon Valley and the rest of San Francisco and all that. And in the comments, uh, Nick Denton, the founder and publisher of Gawker, mentioned that he'd been working on it and for a while and i think he said like a year earlier that he had talked to thiel about it and thiel threatened him that if he ever published this he would bring down all sorts of hellfire that would also affect innocent bystanders bystanders excuse me so a few months ago after apparently being rumored you know behind the scenes for a while the first place to uh publish anything about the idea that hogan's lawsuit was being backed by someone else was Dan Abrams, probably best known as the chief legal correspondent at ABC and formerly NBC. He has a website, lawnews.com. Law News with a Z. So yes, not just wrestling sites, everybody. Law News with a Z. Uh, he had an article there about the rumors he'd heard, gave some of the reasons, and some people gave it some credence, some people let it go. One thing that made people consider it more recently was just how many lawsuits Charles Harder, who's Hogan's lead counsel, was filing against Gawker. And there wasn't really anything coming out about it since the verdict a couple months ago. It was during, it was during the trial where this came out. On, I believe it was, I forget if it was early Tuesday or late Monday, I forget which, New York Times uh, has an article by Andrew Ross Sorkin talking to Nick Denton about how now he's starting to think that this is actually what's happening, giving the reasons we already talked about, like the stuff with Charles Harder, but also that the thing that really got him looking into it originally was that a while back, I don't remember exactly when, Hogan and his lawyers removed account from the lawsuit about negligent inflection of emotional distress, which means that Gawker's insurance would not have to pay for it because that was the only account that would mean they would. And if you're a lawyer, that doesn't make any sense. Now you can't collect. So et cetera, et cetera. So there was this story that someone's backing it. On that, then on Tuesday evening, Forbes reports, I think it was like three different sources. It's Peter Thiel. A little bit later, Andrew Ross Sorkin has his own article saying it's Peter Thiel independently and conspicuously talking about how it's A, a single source, and B, also never says they reached out to Thiel his investment fund, anyone for comment. So where we're at right now, do we know that Peter Thiel, do we know a hundred percent that he's backing this or not? Um, I would say yes, because what I was getting at just now is it sure seems like the New York times source was Peter Thiel. 
Okay. He's just basically telling, and he's doing this basically to, not to really to help Hulk Hogan, but to stick it to Gawker. Right. Okay. And now, Dan- yeah. when, when Gawker, because a couple of months ago, has it been a couple of months, maybe a month or two ago, when Hulk Hogan initially won his jury About verdict. Nine weeks now. Nine weeks. When he initially won and he got the 140 plus million dollar reward uh, from the jury that Gawker hasn't paid out to him, obviously. Uh, we had a hearing today. Where are we on Hulk Hogan possibly collecting any of that money or where are we on Gawker fighting it? Not really much further than we were in the previous nine weeks. So there are a bunch of things covered during today's hearing. Um, trying to figure out what order to cover them in because there was one thing that Gawker won on, but it doesn't quite matter as much. Okay, so I'll explain that first. Gawker, of course, had filed various things to try to get the get a new trial, get the verdict thrown out, get the award thrown out, etc. And Hogan um, was saying, oh, we can strike that. You can't try to get it reduced because in Florida, you're bound by what you say to the jury. And you were like, oh, you got us. We learned from all this. Mm-hmm. So, no, you said you had to pay it. They thought you were going to pay it. So they, you, you said that so they wouldn't pay me or they wouldn't ask you to pay more in punitive damages, blah, 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 that type of thing. The judge struck that. As far as everything else, Gawker trying to get the verdict thrown out, new trial, whatever, judge denied that. So how how much more do we have of this? Like, Is this something that's going to go on for weeks, for months, for years? Uh, hard to say, and I guess there's also, of course, the issue of whether or not Thiel would want to pull out now that there's more attention. I would guess not if he is the time source because obvious reasons. Uh, the next stage, I mean, there's a little bit more that's going to go on with the trial court. And of course there's the other lawsuit too, which we don't even have any time to go into or explain well, right now. What, what I want to know is what's the incentive for Peter Thiel. If he's in fact telling the New York times that, Hey, you can name an unnamed source, but it's me. I'm, I'm telling you this, obviously it's very credible. Uh, what is the purpose of him outing himself now as the backer of this lawsuit? Is it to send a message to Gawker that, Hey, Hulk Hogan's not going anywhere. Perhaps. And also you have to keep in mind that's after the Forbes report. So it's not as clear that he was one of the Forbes. Okay. So he may have just thought, okay, I might as well do. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's kind of that it's, he knows that Hogan's not going anywhere. He knows that Hogan's, you know, Hogan turned down a ton of settlements. The details of all that are sketchy. There have been a lot of things I've heard. Not exactly sure which it can repeat. Some of it's come out in the last couple of days. I saw one thing that said that Gawker had offered a $10 million settlement that Hogan turned down. So, I mean, Hogan's in this for the long haul. Gawker has to be in this for the long haul. It pretty much has to go to the appellate court. And that's where Gawker has their best chances. That court agreed with Gawker on just about any everything so far. Um, when Hogan tried to get an injunction and the appellate court overturned it, they agreed with Gawker. They said, this is newsworthy. There is a difference in terms of the burden of proof for the appeal versus the injunction. But... Generally speaking, as a rule, trial court decided with Hogan, the appellate court decided with Gawker. If you were going off of information that we know right now, this is this is where we are, and Hulk Hogan hasn't collected anything yet, but he he got a big win. Does Hulk Hogan see all of the jury award, or does he see none of it, or at some point will he get a settlement of some kind? Hmm. Your best, your best guess on what would happen at the end of all this, even if it's two or three years down the road. I think that with Hogan holding out to the degree he is, I would have to think that it's more likely that he gets nothing than that he gets a settlement. 
because he's made it very clear he's not settling. But do you think it's possible he's not settling because he's got Peter Thiel who's saying, I'm not paying any money if you settle. You either you go for it all because I want Gawker to end. I want Gawker Media to be gone. Yeah, I mean, if this gets to, to an appeal, then, I mean, I don't... I mean, obviously, yeah, there, I guess there is the question of would Hogan try to bring it to the Supreme Court or something, especially with Thiel behind him and being able to pay for, you know, Supreme Court lawyers. I guess it's theoretically possible that it could go further than the appellate court if Gawker were to win there. But I mean, that's that's getting into some weird territory. Is it point. is it possible that this ongoing trial with Hulk Hogan is the sole reason why he has not been named Donald Trump's vice presidential candidate yet? Um, I know that's a joke, but of course, Peter Thiel, well-known Trump it? supporter. Is it? Yeah, Peter Thiel, well-known Trump supporter, Trump delegate. Uh, so I... I, I don't so basically what we've done today, David, is we've tied the Gawker trial of Hulk Hogan to the presidential candidate, uh, Donald Trump. We, we've tied this together. Yes, we have now tied we Hulk Hogan have, to have, the presumptive yeah, Republican nominee. That's right. And that is what we do here on Shake Them Ropes. In a world of one million wrestling podcasts, there is a new shining star with great interviews, analysis, music, and, and me, Matt Coon, on total engagement. Go to any podcast platform to listen today. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.